Welcome to Next Up, a Mid-Century Homes production, where we highlight the people, the places, and the work of folks that are making an impact in the world of mid-century design and architecture. And when we're not conducting interviews for this podcast, we're making mid-century dreams come true in Boise, Idaho. You can find out more about the work that we do online at mid-centuryhomes.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Boise Mid-Century Homes. This is Vance with Mid-Century Homes. Thanks for tuning in. On today's podcast, we have TJ Pierce. You know him as the owner and founder of Mid-Century Homes, but today's episode digs deeper. We explore his early life growing up, his thoughts on today's architecture, and the couple of items he still wants to check off on his own mid-century bucket list. Sprinkled between these moments of past, present, and future hopes, we discuss drive, ambition, and one seemingly small idea called Mid-Century Homes, which began four years ago and has since then taken on a life of its own, helping hundreds of others along the way. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and before we jump in, here's a quick word from our sponsor. So let's jump right in. TJ, tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, what life was like growing up. Well, I was born in Oakland, California. My parents moved me to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho when I was five. They're in search for a different life, which is why they moved there. And my dad was actually um, following some family that had already moved there to North Idaho. I spent most of my years growing up on a five acre piece of land just a few miles away from the Coeur d'Alene National Forest. Nice. We had lots of animals, and I grew up in an A-frame home. It was a two-bed, two-bath home. I was the only kid, so that worked for our family. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I passed a lot of time on that piece of land and the land that was surrounding um, our, our acres that we owned on BMX bikes and motorcycles. Nice. And occasionally uh, found myself on a horse ride or two. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so how did you end up in Boise, Idaho? I left North Idaho to finish college in Northern California. Um, worked a couple of my first career jobs in Northern California, but then my wife and I decided that we wanted um, to move back to North Idaho by way of the Seattle area. We were there for just under a year. Um, I actually continued my career in corporate sales in the Seattle market, but then we wanted to get a little bit closer to uh, both of our parents as we started having more kids. Yeah, of course. Um, that lasted for about three years as we moved back to the Coeur d'Alene, Spokane area. Then I was offered an opportunity to help manage a small uh, branch for Canon here in Boise and came down to check it out. And we were pretty much sold in that trip and that visit. Um, that was eight years ago. And yeah. you want to know what it really sold us? Yeah, go for it. It was more sun. Um, we actually got used to that in college and realized that Coeur d'Alene didn't offer as much of that that we were hoping for when we moved back in our adult lives. And honestly, I really love like being <laughs> up at the top of Bogus Basin snowboarding on a bluebird day which is a much more frequent experience here in Boise than it is in North Idaho. There's just a lot more sun. It's, it's a lot more. And, and the other thing was, you know, we felt like as our kids grew older um, that Boise would have a little bit more to offer them than Coeur d'Alene did. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. So uh, have you always been attracted to mid-century architecture? 
I actually think it took me a while to figure that out. Um, once I went all in on learning everything that I could about this era and style of architecture, I realized that the tongue and groove cedar ceilings of the A-frame home that I grew up in um, and that the first home that we bought in Redding, California, um, which is a 1950s single story ranch home and that homes that we had visited both of our grandparents in were probably all significant influencers in me, you know, over time beginning to learn and appreciate that era of architecture, but it really wasn't until um, probably what would that have been? Um, we moved here in 2011. So in 2012, did I really start to understand what a mid-century enthusiast was or what mid-century architecture was? Um, and it was through the process of exploring that back in um, 2012, where gotcha. I finally found like, I actually have identity in this and love and appreciate and it um, is the type of architecture that I want to be around, but it took me a while to get there. Yeah. Um, do you feel like if uh, you weren't around it so often um, growing up, do you think you would be in the same place that you are now? Hard to answer that question. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I wouldn't even really say that I grew up around it. I, I would just say that, you know, a handful of experiences, I don't even know that the a-frame cabin that I grew up in, it was, it was probably not like your classic mid-century, but it had a lot of those floor-to-ceiling windows or tongue and groove cedar ceilings. Um, so lots of natural light and, and natural elements and wood elements. I mean, that definitely contributed. I probably would have found it without those, I would guess, because I love, I love design and I love, you know, the world of marketing and um, I, don't, I don't really want to call myself a creative because I don't think I have the right to identify myself with that title, but I hang out in the, in the spaces where creatives exist. And I think that just by nature of that, it probably would have landed me in that, in a similar space. Yeah. So, uh, so through osmosis kind of. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And uh, so what was your aha moment when it comes to the early inception of, uh, of mid-century homes? Yeah, when I was exploring the idea of launching this company, um, I, I was actually in the process of learning a lot about marketing while working for Xerox here in Boise. During that time, um, I learned a lot about the world of real estate and architecture. Um, as I was kind of courting a handful of companies um, through my Xerox experience. And what I think shocked me most was that in the space of real estate, that nobody had really positioned themselves as an expert of mid-century architecture. Um, I discovered that there were 11,000 mid-century homes here. Only yeah. a few of the teams in town, I felt were really representing them very well but none of them building their whole business model on supporting somebody who was interested in that era of architecture. I think I told my wife probably five different times over the course of maybe about six months uh, that someone really needs to grab that niche <laughs> before I do and nobody did. So finally over time and just the right circumstances, I decided that um, a change was uh, upon me and I jumped 
really in with both feet, not having any prior experience, both as a realtor or as a marketer. And honestly, I was still an infant in the world of my understanding of, of mid-century design and architecture. They're really all new to me. Um, but I definitely saw a, a great opportunity as well as something that I could be involved in that I think was a really good way of representing all of my interests and skill sets combined into, you know, this expression of helping the mid-century enthusiast um, understand, learn, um, explore more about their mid-century home, um, as well as helping people buy and sell these types of properties. So that was, it was kind of through the process of that marketing exploration and, and learning more about our local businesses that were here in town that that idea got birthed in my brain to want to do something like that. Right. Huh. So, uh, so has the journey so far been as exciting as you thought it would be? Actually, probably much more than I thought it would be. I don't really care about numbers for numbers sake because it's really only one indication of success. But I looked back on the first couple of documents that I built out when, um, you know, the, the inception of the company was being birthed and, and I was trying to flesh out what I wanted it to do. And I was actually pleased with what I saw because I just looked at that document about a week ago. In fact, you were with me when I showed it to you and I'd, I'd seen it the day before and was just kind of reflecting back on some of the original ideas that I wanted um, expressed as a, um, you know, efficient or business that was operating and in some form of success. And I had documented in that, in that um, piece that I put together that I wanted to be a fully functioning niche market real estate expert um, with this particular product, a home built in the fifties and sixties here in Boise. Uh, and I set a goal to hit $14 million in my fourth year of doing business. We just started our fourth year of doing business and I really did believe that our company um, would would qualify as a staple service provider for this particular product in this year of our the expression of our business. We're now seven agents on the team, and we're very likely going to exceed that number in the third quarter of this year. Um, the good news is we've not even really touched the surface of what we have the ability to do as a company. So we have so much more room to grow and we're even more capable today. And I'm really excited about the future of our company. So that's my business answer. My personal answer is this. Um, in three short years we had uh, of doing business, we've had an Atomic Ranch magazine issue dedicated to the work that we're doing here in Boise, a home designed by Art Troutner that we've listed that graced the front cover of that same issue, the summer of 18 issue of that magazine. We have done a renovation project in one of our mid-century neighborhoods that took us seven months to complete, but we delivered an excellent product that served as a really great example for how to bring a mid-century modest or a builder basic home um, into the category of making a mid-century dream come true for somebody. We've also been invited to Palm Springs twice during Modernism Week to be part of the event schedule, wants to be interviewed, and actually wants to do the interviewing as a moderator, which was this last Modernism Week. 
And our company was invited to the annual Realtors Association meeting that we hold every year in Boston this last year to discuss how we market our company. I've personally toured homes designed by Art Troutner, Nat Adams, Bradford Shaw, Charles Hummel, Victor Hosford, Joe LaMarche, which are our local architects. But I've also been personally invited, uh, been invited to tour a Robert Rummer home in Portland, Frank Lloyd Wright home here in Idaho, a Pierre Koenig home in the Hollywood Hills. You may have actually heard of it. It's called the Stall House, case study home number 22. I think so. Uh, honestly, I'm shocked at, you know, and this is a relative term, but I'm shocked at the success and experiences that have been part of my life over the last 40 some months. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, have you had any awe inspiring moments thus far? Yeah. Driving up to the stall house and pulling around the corner, dropping into the carport, <clears throat> opening up um, that kind of exterior door kind of breezeway to the backyard where LA is the backdrop to this really sexy pool and a back wall that is full of glass <clears throat> and then getting the chance to swim in that pool and drink beers with the owners of the home <laughs> and seriously one of the coolest homes that's ever been built in this era wow. I, I I don't know that there's really going to be um, another experience that can beat that. Although I'm going to try. Yeah. I mean, we'll, <laughs> we've got time to find out, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I couldn't imagine um, just walking out to that back patio and looking at the uh, just appreciating the architecture and how it works within the, uh, the context of that hillside. Yeah. The whole environment and how it took advantage of everything that it could. Um, and just the history and the story and the architect that was involved and the fact that it's part of the case study program. Um, I would have never put that on the um, dreams that I have for future experiences when starting the company. Uh, I couldn't have guessed that that would have happened in two and a half years. Yeah. This, you know, small little dinky real estate firm um, and business that is doing business out of Boise, Idaho would get that type of an invitation you know, in, in such short order. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what drives you personally to keep going? I think my interest in, um, well, not, I think I know my interest in making a positive impact in the world. Uh, we do this and we talk a lot about this in the real estate company. Um, but by loving people and loving grandma's home and the fact that I get to enjoy my life and provide for my wife and four kids while I do this, um, I constantly think about the fact that um, this would have been even more exciting if I had started this just a little bit sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 40 now, and I really want to gobble up as much of these experiences as I can. Um, I really feel like I started a little bit late. So I have lots left to do and a short amount of time to do it all. And I'm really looking forward to um, including others in the process and the experiences that we're all having in, in our company. You know, that's, that's yeah. definitely yeah. driving me on a weekly, um, on a weekly basis to, to be, you know, sourcing those types of opportunities for all of us to both work on what we're passionate about and to be able to provide for our families while doing it. 
that yeah. that drives me and in the process of doing that the type of impact that we're making by loving people and loving grandma's home um th- those things drive me weekly great um so uh what are you most excited about when it comes to mid-century homes yeah if i'm thinking about um the future of our company i would say here's probably the the areas where i get most excited uh, in fact, I just got the opportunity to do this again today, but meeting more amazing people. Um, it's really interesting, the type of folks that are attracted to this era of architecture. Um, our lender will tell you that um, some of her most favorite clients are the ones that we bring her. And it's just a testament to um, the type of people that we get to work with on a daily basis. Um, in terms of... Uh, You know, what other things that I'm most excited about is experiencing more mid-century architecture, both locally and abroad. Um, Learning more about the technical side of what makes my jaw drop when observing this style of architecture. Uh, Learning more about the people that understood and understand these technicalities, like our breakfast meeting with Bradford Shaw a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Um, yeah, looking looking forward to more of those opportunities so that I can experience and understand firsthand what, how they were looking at life and architecture from that period. Um, also get really excited about uh, the continued investment into the business and seeing how it grows in ways that all of us, hopefully at some, you know, not too far distant future can say we never imagined that it would equal this, you know, whatever that may be. Um, and since I love business, uh, I think what I get, you know, just as excited about is that this whole business model gives me a platform with experimenting and executing I- on ideas that we have. Some of them work, others don't. And wrestling through that part of the process is actually really rewarding to me. So yeah. those are the those are the things probably that I get most excited about when thinking about the the future of what we're working on. Nice. Okay. Um, do you have any items you're looking to check off on your own personal mid-century bucket list? Yeah, and I would say the most recent one that I had on the list that I got to check off um, is when we were in uh, Modernism Week in Palm Springs this last time. Um, I got to visit the Desert Eichler in Palm Springs that Cud Properties built. Yeah, that was really a pretty spectacular experience. And it infused even more passion into my heart and my mind and my soul. Um, But can you you, just for for a moment, can you describe for us why that was so impactful to you? I think that um, uh, it's probably a reaction to um, my my current experiences and perspective, which is you know, 80% of the time localized is based on the things that I'm experiencing here in the Boise marketplace. Um, I just, I want so much more for, um, you know, brand new construction and new architecture that I think sometimes Boise is challenged by uh, in terms of their latest expression of, of what makes people um, you know, go goo goo gaga. And it's just, when I saw that brand new home that was modeled in, you know, it's obviously not a 
exact duplicate of an Eichler home, but it's using those same principles. I mean, they're using the floor plans, right? So they're building yeah. off of, but it's got to meet modern day code. And so that's the biggest challenge that I think any builder or architect is facing is trying to push the limits in a way that still meets code and their ability to execute on that and deliver a product that um, is totally brand new, but could very possibly to a, maybe a less educated group of people in the world of mid-century architecture, be confused for something that stepped right out of the era. Yeah. And the fact that that was executed, delivered, and is working, and that the homeowners are in it and loving it, and that that's a possibility. Um, it, it just got me really excited about the future of what new construction can look like in Boise. Yeah. So that was a big one for me is because <clears throat> there are a lot of people that we market to that don't want grandma's home, that want everything brand new. And if we're using those principles that they were using from the era to build something that lives and breathes very similarly to an Eichler home, then we can help make, you know, mid-century dreams come true with even new representations of architecture, which I'm hoping our market can pick up on over time. So. Yeah. So that's, that's my, um, you know, reaction to my experience there. But in regards to what's next, um, I really want to see as many case study homes as I can. I don't really have a solid plan for what that looks like <laughs> from a time frame standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but when I think about what's next, that's definitely where my mind goes, um, is that I want to see more of those homes and experience uh, more of uh, that caliber of well-known architecture and if I could, you know, work on that um, for the next 10 years, getting into as many of those homes as I can, that, that would be personally, you know, rewarding and gratifying to me for sure. Yeah, that would be really exciting. Uh, so lastly, who is on your top musical playlist at the moment? You know, um, my son and I are, are both really into music. He's 15. Um, he plays ukulele uh, kind of in an amateur format. Um, I play guitar in a very amateur format. Um, he's picked up a, a baby Taylor that he's going to try learning over the summer, uh, make the transition from ukulele to a guitar. And, and we're always, you know, checking out new music that's inspiring us. And one of the bands that we have um, really clung on to because we both, uh, I think appreciate subtle music and we both appreciate uh, the use of falsetto from a male vocalist. Um, we have been drawn to um, Bon Iver. Okay. And, yeah. You know, some people refer to him as Bon Iver. <laughs> and in our uh, process of buying all of his records and, and listening to them, um, we stumbled upon a like artist um, pretty recently within the last six, eight months. And that artist's name is Novo Amor. And he's got very similar style, uh, very subtle approach to his music and, and uses the falsetto. And it's kind of fun. I think we both discovered him 
um, a little bit sooner than him getting, you know, kind of quote popular, which okay. really he's still in the process of becoming. So, I'm, you know, like whenever you discover like an undiscovered artist, oh uh, yeah, that's kind of a fun thing to do. And we, we did that together and found him and became big fans of Novo Amor. Very, very talented artist, um, both in his musicality and um, use of instrumentation but then in his um, instrument of his voice and the use of his falsetto, we're both really into that, uh, my son and I. So he's, he's the one that is on the, uh, on the uh, CD playlist in our car that we listen to both going to school and driving home from school. We listen to him often. Nice. Very cool. Well, Hey, thank you for the time today, TJ. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, grilling me with your questions oh yeah appreciate it (laughs) it's always a good time with you all right man okay well hey thank you all for uh for listening out there and join us next time on next up